Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Rootless Living Podcast in episode number 71. My name is Damien Ross, and I'm the host of this podcast, and I'm also the publisher of the Rootless Living Magazine, and I've been a full-time digital nomad since 2017. If you haven't already, head over to rootlessliving.com and grab a free digital subscription and start reading the only magazine that is covering what it's like to live a life that is full of travel while you're still working, aka being a digital nomad. So on this episode, I chat with Drew and Brittany, and I'm pleased to tell you that the iconic SNL character Matt Foley did not scare these two from living in a van down by the river. But like always, before I say too much, let's get into the episode. All right, with that, I want to welcome Drew and Brittany to the show. How are you guys? We're doing good. It's awesome. Uh, Where are you guys in the world? Um, we are actually currently in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico. Um, we pulled into the Blue Water uh, outpost. So, yeah, just on the road. I will say that I think uh, New Mexico is one of those states that you're always in the middle of nowhere, unless you're like yeah, in two of those cities. Kind of like Arizona. Arizona has like what? Phoenix, Tucson, and Flagstaff. The entire other state is in the middle of nowhere. New Mexico yep. is very similar. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you guys are some timers, and it's kind of fairly new um, being kind of a, a nomad. I want to go back to, like, before you just guys decided to do this. Where were you guys living? What were you living in? And then take me just down the journey of deciding to spend at least some time of your life on the road. All right. So before on the road, we were actually living at a wakeboard park in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, so we were both, or we still are both big wakeboarders. Um, I am personally, I'm from California and random chance kind of ended up in South Carolina and found a wakeboard park that said, Hey, if you guys want to, or if you want to live here for free, you can, and just coach wakeboarding. So I was doing that for a year and became the manager and, um, Brittany rolled into the park looking for a job. And so I hired her and then two weeks later we started dating. Um, and then we started living together and wakeboarding and I kind of introduced her to traveling. Like the first, I think it was six months into us dating. We went to Thailand for six weeks and did the whole backpacking through Thailand. Um, then yeah, I had a, like, we were just, yeah, living in a little apartment above a lake. And then I also had a little Toyota Tacoma that had a camper shell that I kind of built out. So we did a road trip um, from South Carolina to California. And that kind of opened our eyes to kind of the full nomad on the road lifestyle. Um, so, I mean, I, was I knew about van life for a long time and always kind of liked it. Um, but it was Brittany that really said she wanted to do it. And once she was game, I was, we were, we were gone. Yeah. Ever since he took me to Thailand, I loved traveling and I was obsessed with it. And then when we went on our road trip in his little truck, it was just a little too small, so I was definitely encouraging him to get a bigger bigger van, bigger space with a lot more amenities than just a bed and what else did you have? Like a, a little drawer for some extra stuff. 
<laughs> I needed more than that. I just, I think I've made this joke too much recently, but a bed in a drawer, that's basically a prison cell. <laughs> so <laughs> that's like all you get. So I think there's a lot of people that might be like, oh, I totally know what you're talking about. It's funny when you were talking about getting into the Van Drew, I almost was picking up the vibe. This had a lot to do with what Brittany was saying that you guys should be doing. And I thought that was actually kind of funny that I, I kind of picked up that vibe. And then sure enough, there we are. Yeah. Let's go yeah. back to the wakeboard park just in case. So, uh, you know, I'm not a wakeboarder, but it, it's where there's not boats, right? Where they're like they're actually being pulled by like some sort of pulley system that's like real controlled. Is that what that is? Or is it like an actual big enough lake where you, you guys are doing like boats and the whole thing? Um, so where I was at, it was kind of both. Um, I was focused more on the non-boat part. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's basically the same as if you think like a chairlift. Um, for snowboarding, except for there's ropes connected and they will pull you back and forth across the lake or around the lake. Um, so yeah, and then it has jumps and rails, more like a skateboard park would, um, instead of a wake behind a boat. Gotcha. And from the time that, uh, Brittany decided that we needed a van, how long until you guys actually got the van? I mean, I definitely kind of dialed it into what kind of van we want and then started looking around and there it's hard to find few and far between. So there was two that I had money in my hand on my way to go get them. And as I was one of them, as I was pulling in, the guy said, Oh, sorry, I just sold it. Another one. I got a call halfway up and said he sold it. So they were going quick. And then we finally finally jumped on the one we got and this was uh when did you actually buy it? i know you guys kind of took off january 1st 2020 and it, it's uh 2004 correct it's not a new one but it sounds like yeah. the whole market in and around that time like december on really started taking off for buying used any kind of recreational vehicle yeah so um so we bought it in august of 2019 um, but yeah, so the model is the 2004 Sprinter, which, so they made it from 2003 to 2006 was this body type and engine. And so it was kind of one of the more sought after ones just cause it's known as being like the workhorse of the cargo vans. And so they're definitely few and far between. And the other thing is they have a rust problem. So the ones that I, a couple of them that I did see, like were super rusted out. And so we actually, we found this one and thought it was in pristine shape, um, but it was actually an old Coca-Cola delivery van. And so we checked it out. Everything looked perfect. But when we got home, there's basically diamond plating on the floor that held in cases and stuff so we pulled that out and realized the entire floor had been eaten through by the coca-cola oh that makes sense so that's terrible we thought we got lucky but <laughs> a different type yeah. of rust a coca-cola we rust. did a lot of grind. oh i bet I yeah bet. exactly so it wasn't did it have any yeah. kind of like a van i should say like you know camper setup to it or was it just strictly a cargo when you guys grabbed it it was basically strictly a cargo. So um, I bought it from the second owner who he basically made it into like a motorcycle hauling vehicle. So yeah, it just had uh, had a toolbox in it and a ramp on it. But it was, yeah, basically just a full cargo van, completely empty with 
Nothing but rust and metal walls. <laughs> and old coke. Uh, did you have any experience renovating this kind of stuff? Or was that all new to you guys? Did you guys pay someone to do it? Did you do it yourself? Um, so we did pretty much everything ourselves except for, um, I mean, we had somebody weld in the, a new floor. Um, and then my dad uh, helped us out quite a bit. I mean, my dad's kind of the ultimate American handyman. So he's taught me a lot through the years. And um, I mean, I've built a lot of things, but this was definitely the first time really fully constructing something with um, in this style of like construction with cabinets and design and everything. So nice. There was, it was a, it was quite a process. There was like a fun, almost Spicoli moment where you're talking about your dad. I thought you were going to go down that whole, my dad's got an awesome set of tools. We can fix it. But it was very, I really thought you were going there. If you've ever seen, I mean, <laughs> it pretty much, pretty much was, it was, we, we laughed a lot of my dad has every random tool you can think of. And he would say like, by the end of this, we're going to use every tool I have in this garage. And there's things where we would sit and think for a minute and he's like, wait, I got the perfect tool and would pull out <laughs> something random that just worked perfect for what we needed to do. Awesome. And Brittany, how do you like it now that you're no longer in a pickup truck with just a bed and a drawer? How is it for you? Oh, I think it's amazing. I definitely never want to really move into a house because I like the one we're in. I mean, we have a fridge, we have a bathroom kitchen I have, I have a closet which is really nice so i have lots of shoes and clothes i can i can keep yeah i have everything i could ever want in this little house gotcha so what what defines for you guys because i don't like to really put labels on people when you guys said sometime um what defines that do you guys have the apartment you still go back to in south carolina or is the van the only thing no i mean the van is the only thing i mean we've been full time in it for I guess almost exactly a year. The only like partial time we weren't in it was we we moved into it technically January first of twenty twenty, but it wasn't fully built out. So once COVID kinda went full throttle, we went to my parents' house and spent almost three months kind of living with them and building it out. But since April, 2020, we have been in it full time. Um, yeah, with really a couple of nights at family and friends house, but it is our full time home. That's one of the cool things about having a van. I mean, I pull a 40 footer. So going to friends and family's houses is not an option. I've had people that are <laughs> yeah. like, we've got a really big driveway. And I'm like, no, you don't. It's, yeah, not, exactly. it's, it's not that big. Trust me. Um, so what has been the travel like since April, 2020? I mean, are you guys the type that count how many States you've been to take me through kind of what you've done over the last year? Um, so, so far we have been to all four, uh, we've been to 48 States total. So we haven't been to North Dakota or Alaska yet. Um, just because, we're not really sure if anything is in North Dakota that we're interested in visiting. <laughs> so we don't know. Um, and Alaska, just because the Canadian border has been closed. So, right. I highly recommend when you go to Alaska, just, just drive through North Dakota, just, you know, just hit that <laughs> we, route a little if you can. We plan on doing that. Definitely. 
I went to South Dakota. As I look at my sticker map on the side of my rig, I do kick myself. I was like, I was so close to North Dakota. Why did I just go? Just go <laughs> right. and get the sticker, Damien. What was wrong with you? We love South Dakota. That's definitely our favorite state, or at least my favorite state. Oh, nice. um, there's so much wildlife. It's absolutely beautiful. I, I just love it. I don't think I've had someone put South Dakota, I would say, top five. And that's what I kind of felt from you. I haven't had that. And I'm, I'm a South Dakota resident now. People ask me all the time, what part of South Dakota? And I say Los Angeles. And they're like, wait, what? There's a Los <laughs> Angeles in South Dakota? I'm like, no, I just don't want to pay income tax anymore. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, I get it. Um, yeah, that's cool. Of- I definitely love when states speak to people, especially, you know, like for me, West Virginia is in my top five. And people find that so fascinating. But it is funny when a state totally speaks to you. So I get it. I get that South Dakota could be up there for you. Yes. I'm not guaranteed North Dakota will, just like you kind of are too. So just know that. If anyone listening is from North Dakota, originally North Dakota, come on, go with the jokes. It's funny. (laughs) I'm not talking about Florida. Relax. Um, (laughs) So that's a lot of travel, though, in a short period of time, really. I mean, I think we're, you know, almost year four. I think we're 46 states. Um all in the lower 48 and you guys have really put on some miles then you guys are really getting out there and doing some traveling. Yes, we drive a lot. Um, we have been across the country twice now from South Carolina to California. We've been down to, we actually just recently went to Mexico and drove all the way to Cabo and back. We just got back a week ago from that, from that, um, we've just, we drive a lot. We never stay in the same place for longer than I think five days has been the longest that we've been in one place. Yeah. We That's also have like a really big problem. If somebody asks us to do something, we always say yes. So there's been times where we're on the East coast and someone says, Hey, we're doing this in the West coast. So we kind of like, okay, turn around and go. And we're kind of always on the move. So I yeah, know. we've. Yeah, I think we've put over fifty thousand miles on the car this year, on the van. Wow! Yeah, that's a that's a ton of miles. Oh, I'm just making a note for if I have an event, make sure to let Brittany <laughs> you know about it. They love to do I'll stuff. Be there. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's very cool. I mean, that is a lot of miles, but you know, it, and there are probably people listening, and I'll defend you before I even say anything. They're like, I can't believe they did all of that during a pandemic. I will say that being you know, we were shut down a little in the beginning, just like you were at family's house. We were staying put those first three months. But actually being out and traveling, I have way less of a footprint meeting people than I ever would living back in Los Angeles. Los Angeles, I would have been around so many people all the time. And in this lifestyle, I mean, I literally can go months without really any real face-to-face interaction. You know, probably the worst is if I have to go in to tell them how much gas I want at a gas pump. You know, for some reason, it's not working at the gas pump. So I, just in case people are listening and be like, I can't believe they did all that traveling during this time. Trust me, if you're not living this lifestyle, it's actually a lot safer, a lot easier to kind of stay away and stay in your own little quarantine bubble with people that you know that aren't out doing stuff. So just, just in case people are listening and you're losing your mind, it's not what you think it is. So... That's a lot of traveling. I usually transition into work. Um, are you guys working on the road or is it seasonal? What are you guys doing for kind of income, save up, working? Let me know. What's going on? I'm sorry. Um, are you guys back? 
Yep, we're back. Uh, okay, sorry, sorry I don't that. know. If, I don't know if it's you or me. Okay, I'll ask the question again. So you guys are doing a ton of traveling. I could assume maybe you're not working, nope. but maybe you are. So take me down that road. What are you guys doing for work right now? Um, so I am actually a filmmaker. So that's another kind of part of our travel is I work a lot in reality TV and making documentaries. So um, we're actually, I'm on my way to Houston right now to work on um, a um, crime, docu-crime show. And kind of, yeah, just get, do a little bit of filming everywhere. That's cool. So it's really, I mean, you get these gigs and then you just kind of go to it and it's just a temporary kind of assignment while you're there in that area? Yeah, exactly. So a lot of the stuff, which, I mean, one of those things where COVID has kind of benefited me is um, the production companies don't want to fly out a whole production team to different places. So being able to live in the van, I can kind of work as a local. And so, like, I'll wherever I know that we're going to be somewhere, I'll throw my name on some of the websites and stuff as a local there. And since I have a little bit more experience by doing that, um, I get kind of top pick sometimes and yeah, just wherever we go, I kind of have a little bit of opportunity for work. There you go. That makes sense. I mean, my family is in kind of television, but more studio kind of television. I was kind of surprised when it must've been reading a book about like fixer upper and how the crew just comes in and like films for like six weeks and gets all that stuff. And then they leave and I guess a couple of them just fell in love with the area and ended up staying. But I was like, oh, that's weird. I really thought they just would have found like local camera folks and, you know, audio people and just do it there rather than flying people in and putting them up for six weeks. Uh, I thought that was really interesting. I really thought there'd be more of a local kind of flair for those kind of jobs. So it's kind of cool to hear that you're one of those people that they were kind of talking about, that they'll they'll bring you in so at least they know your work and get you uh, get you cracking. Brittany, what about you? What are you doing? So I work in event marketing, ex- like experiential marketing. Um, so I work really big events kind of all over the country. Um, because of COVID, I haven't really worked that much just because events aren't really a thing right now. Um, they're starting to come back, but I've worked a couple being on the road. Um, but yeah, I just, I guess to explain kind of what experiential marketing is, is like I'll go to an event and represent a certain brand like Toyota, Ford, um, really any brand you can possibly think of. And I just represent them for the event and then I'm done. So I work as like an independent contractor. Nice. Yeah. It would seem like live events are, they're tough right now for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think that was my last gig before I started the magazine. I worked for an annual event and, uh, I've seen a lot of people I used to work with no longer work there. It's really hit live events. Probably, probably the hardest Yeah, out of all the industries, really, because it's just really not a, I mean, I guess you can go virtual, but a lot of times with these live events, it's just not really kind of possible. I do love that on the intake form, um, I always ask, you know, like who's traveling with you and people, you know, kids, dogs, no one else by myself. I love, and I'm going to, I'm going to put this on you, Brittany. You put, (laughs) you you put plants and rocks and that had me dying where I was like, that's awesome. But please, you know, when you go into California, you might have to put the plants away. They won't let you bring them in, but plants and rocks made me really laugh. I thought that was very funny. Yeah. I I have one succulent, but I'm pretty sure it's dead. I can't keep any of them alive. So I ended up starting to collect rocks and shells instead. 
and it's working out. They're, they're thriving. <laughs> That's awesome. I was just recently on a hike here in Arizona and there's the Arizona is really big on this. No collecting. Like they just have signs everywhere. No collecting wood, plants, rocks, dirt, sand. They don't want you taking anything from their hikes. And I thought that was really interesting. I hadn't seen those signs. I'd seen, you know, like don't touch the cactus and you can't take white sand from white sands, that kind of stuff. But Arizona's not messing around. They're putting these signs everywhere. Yeah, that's interesting. So when you guys aren't working and you're not traveling, um, what are you guys doing for fun? How are you guys exploring, you know, 40, I mean, take me down that 48 states so far in a year. Um, what are you guys doing when you're not, you know, obviously traveling or working? A lot. <laughs> uh, mainly, I think we wakeboard. That's like our biggest sport. Um, just not in the winter. I mean, we snowboarded yeah. this year. Yeah, I mean, I think anything with a board we do. We're surfing, wakeboarding, snowboarding. Um, we do a ton of hiking. Um, kind of just anything outdoors is kind of our our thing. Um, and then if anyone asks us to do anything, we say yes. So <laughs> we do some, we went deep sea fishing recently, which we don't normally do, but we just did it. That was fun. Yeah. Was interesting. And then other than that, we do a ton of, uh, card games in the van when we're <laughs> hanging out with a lot of phase 10 and rummy. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of playing around. Yeah. Do a lot of driving. Yeah, no, it sounds like there's a ton of driving with that many kind of back and forth and stuff like that. Are you guys both taking turns driving? Um, do you guys like hang out uh, like in truck stops if you have to do an overnight, if you're doing a long haul, or do you guys just truck through and take turns? Um, yeah, we'll do. Um, we always, I mean, pretty much split driving 50-50. And then even when we're doing like long drives, we still try not to drive like more than like five or six hours at a time. Um, and like, we'll usually drive for two or three hours and then try to find a short hike or find somewhere where we can just kind of be outside and relax for a little bit and break up the day. Um, but yeah, even though, even when we do like a ton of driving, we're still kind of taking it slow, not, not doing super long hauls or ever like through the night. Are you guys doing mostly like boondocking and, or are you guys like actually getting into campgrounds, state parks and stuff like that? We don't ever stay at campgrounds or we don't ever pay to stay at campgrounds. We've only paid for one and that was in Yellowstone for like $15. So other than that, we use the app iOverlander to find all of our spots and it works out really well for us. And you can just look at the reviews and see if it's good or not, or if you might get kicked out. Um, but when we're, we stay at rest areas a lot too, just because it's easy and yeah, safe. Yeah. And you guys are fully stealth. I'm assuming that the, the van just could be any kind of van. It could be a cargo van. It could be anything. So people could just think you're there to do some work. It does make it, I think, especially if you want to get into like cities, I feel like it's probably such an easier lifestyle to have that kind of a vehicle. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we kind of had that mindset at first. Like when I was first building out the van, I wanted the outside to look as stealth as possible. And then kind of after being in it for a year, we realized that like, even when it doesn't look stealth, we're, I mean, we're lucky enough to be a van and small enough to where we, when we do park on the curb and 
throw up all of our like window shades. No one bothers us. So we put a big like decal on the side and I usually have surfboards on the roof. So we're not as, as stealthy as it gets, but I mean, yeah, we haven't had any problems. We've slept, I mean, downtown in like Atlanta and a couple of different cities and been perfectly fine. Um, and then like, but yeah, with being like on, it's really blown our minds about just like how many free, beautiful boondocking places there are in the U S and just kind of anywhere you are, you can jump on something, whether you're in a city, they'll like, there seems like 10 minutes away. There's some beautiful park or beautiful piece of land or BLM land or national forest that you can find and kind of be secluded. Yeah, it really is surprising that more people don't. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of conversations going that campgrounds are going to be really crowded, you know, this summer and probably moving forward just because of the boom that's happened. Um, And I'm just like, I just got done spending almost a week out in the Arizona desert with no one around. Like, I could literally throw up the drone and you just couldn't see another soul. And I'm surprised more people aren't doing that. You know, I mean, I, I get having the amenities, but you know, you can go four days without amenities and then go to a campground for like three days and then, you know, have a great week in a way. It's surprising that more people don't. Yeah, it really is. And like, I guess for me, it was like, I didn't even really like comprehend or understand it until we were in the van that like how much open stuff there is. And like, I mean, even when we did our road trip in the truck, like we did just, I mean, we still try to be free, but it was like, okay, we know rest stops and Walmarts are open. But once you realize, yeah, how much BLM and national forests are open and I mean, basically have campsites set up that are free with little fire pits and nice areas. And it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. And that's where, I mean, when I first saw the little note about it being sometime, you know, there's usually when people say there's sometime, there's a, there's another piece of property that they can go back to a homestead. And even though I'm currently full time and I've talked about it on the show, I really do feel like at some point it's going to become a hybrid, but where at least I can be wheels up like in 30 minutes, not in some weird kind of prepper way, but just not where it takes me all afternoon to figure out if I have the stuff that's in the house back in the rig and the rig back in the house. Like it'll be, I'll have two wine openers, you know what I'm going to splurge. I'll have one in the house yeah. and I'll do that kind of a thing. <laughs> Uh, which is a really funny joke for me because I don't drink. So that's where it really doesn't make sense. But I've heard that's been the nightmare when you kind of have your own travel trailer and let's say a house. Those are the things you forget. And I'm always like, why aren't you just buying two? Let's just solve the problem. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like a van is probably the next mode because of there's been a lot of areas I can't get into with the big rig. Um, it would be really nice to, you know, like, get to the weekend and then like a Sunday head out where most places are empty, you know, Sunday through Fridays and just kind of enjoy it. And so when I saw that, I was like, okay, it'll be interesting to see if that's what they're doing. And it's surprising. I mean, you guys are relatively young. It's surprising that we're not learning this. You know, I just hit 50 that I didn't learn this at a much younger age that I, I wish I would have cut my house in half, had an RV and like every Friday at like 5 PM, I'd have been wheels up. And then, you know, me and the kids going somewhere and every weekend being able to do that. And it's just weird that, you know, a lot of people aren't seeing that. They're seeing it as you just got to go full time. Yeah. Are you- I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like we've definitely met our fair share of every different style. And like we tell people that all the time. It's like, it's definitely a lot. I mean, yeah, the initial cost of getting a van and stuff is expensive, but 
once you have it, like you can go and it's cheap and it's fun and yeah, bring the family and like it is, it's interesting how like think times are changing though, where I feel like the American dream was by the, the mansion and the bigger house you have, the better. And now kind of the millennial ideas are changing to minimalism and it's the opposite having the smaller house and less stuff and being able to go more and work less is finally becoming a more of a norm. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think like the big thing that people learn is the amount of time and money wasted on things like yard work and you know, that, that house. I mean, I've interviewed people that have five bedroom houses and three rooms they haven't been in in years. Yeah. And it's just like, wait, what? Or they're holding on to furniture that they want to, you know, give as a family heirloom and nobody wants it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that whole mindset is definitely changing. You're right. And it's, and it's weird. It's in all different age groups. It's not just a, like a younger thing going on. I mean, I've talked to people that are kicking themselves, whether it's the degree, it's the 30 year one job, it's all this kind of stuff that they just were sold a scam in a way. I mean, I hate to say that, but that's almost what it feels like. This scam of you have to have this 2,500 square foot house, 2.2 kids, and you got to do all this stuff. And it's really about the experiences and not the things. Yeah. So that's, that's very cool. Now I'm going to put you guys on the spot because I know you guys probably never heard this and I don't do this on every podcast. And if you guys can do it, it'd be great to help me out your old (laughs) life. When you lived in the apartment, if that cost you a hundred dollars, what does this life cost you? Is it less or more? And then how much less or more? But at least you don't have to get into specifics. We'll just say the old life was $100 a month. What do you think uh, van life traveling the country cost you in like just comparing it to the old life? Well, I mean, so, I mean, we kind of do have to get into specifics a little bit because the nice thing about our old life was we were kind of working for our rent. So, I mean, we got to wakeboard for free and live for free. And then we would coach, which we love to do. So it was fun. So, you know, one of those things where if you love what you do, it's not really work, but I mean, so it's comparable, but like, I would say our average cost is a thousand dollars per month for the two of us is what we kind of usually average out at. So definitely it's not much money for us. Yeah. And pretty much all of it is just gas and food. So like if you, we drive so much, so our bills are probably much higher than someone who doesn't ever really leave one state, too. Right. No, that makes but, sense. I mean, and you can also, control it, right? I mean, if if times are getting tough, how do you, like, say, hey, I'm not going to pay as much rent this month? You know <laughs> what I mean? At least you guys can say, hey, we're just not going to travel as much. We'll have to yeah. stay kind of still until things kind of work themselves out. Right. Exactly. And, like, I guess on the flip side, too, it's funny because, like, I've kind of always had the mindset and not to put Brittany. I definitely have not had that. Yeah. (laughs) When we first met, she had a nice car with a really big car payment and was going out every night and getting food. And I was bougie. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love the transparency. Bring it. Let's keep going. (laughs) But I feel like once you're kind of open to the idea of like, if you have a $4,000 car compared to a $20,000 car, it still gets you to the same place. And like, just really opening up your eyes to like what is really needed in life. Like that, that dollar amount really goes down real quick. So I think like for that example, I've been lucky enough to live really cheaply most of my life. Like my mom has kind of taught me how to be that kind of person, but 
Yeah, I wasn't going to say it was your dad because it looks like he's spending all his money on tools. So, <laughs> <laughs> but they've come in handy, so it's worked out exactly. No, you're nailing it in the sense that you know. I mean, I've I've read just a ton of stories in the last two years of people that have been in like really high pressure jobs, and with that job came you know where you have to have the certain kind of house, certain kind of car, certain kind of clothes. And this, like, keeping up with the Joneses is just exhausting. And it is really freeing when you get rid of stuff. I mean, I kind of figure when you're talking about you're trying to go buy it, that you're paying cash. You bought a used, you know, 2004. It's an older model. A lot of people would be looking for the brand new shiny thing. But again, what happens if you're six months into it and you hate it? Now you spend all this money. Um, So there's just a lot of smart stuff here for sure. And, you know, commend you guys on that. But the idea of being able to get your costs down to, you know, around a thousand dollars a month, I think it's probably going to blow some people's minds in all the experiences you're having, because the question comes up, is this lifestyle affordable? It's a vague and ambiguous question. I mean, if you're coming from Manhattan, it's very affordable, go for it. But if you're coming from a small town in North Dakota, uh, maybe it costs you more, you know? And again, it's, it's a variable that you really can control. If we wanted to, we could boondock a lot more than we need to not stay at campgrounds or like you said, not travel as much or, maybe not eat out as much. You really can control it in a way that I don't know why it seems so much different than a bricks and sticks, because I think rent still do electricity is still pretty much the same. No matter how much you turn your lights off, you still have all these other things that just aren't variables that you can control as easily. Yeah, absolutely. I think people are going to have their minds blown that it's around a thousand dollars. And for all the experiences you guys are kind of, you know, having, you know, and being down in Mexico and 48 States and 50,000 miles, I think there's a lot of people that are like, wow, I can't believe I could have done my four-year college at $1,000 a month and walked away with way more experiences <laughs> right. and knowledge. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the high-low. So the low is what I like to start with. Um, it's something I used to do with my kids all the time. They, they're about 12 years in age difference. And uh, I like to just make sure they could see that no matter who they are or where they are, that there are things that are very similar. So the low can't be COVID, flat tire, crappy internet. I felt like that kind of came up a lot in the beginning, so I ixnade those. But what's been a low in this lifestyle that maybe you just didn't see kind of coming? You know, I mean, I know we all see the Instagram posts with the doors open and people are backed up to some amazing lake. But what is something that maybe you just didn't see coming that's kind of a low? I don't know. So for me, I would say my low is almost the same as my high is I really didn't see how much stress it would put on our relationship of living in such a small area and kind of always kind of being on edge of where we're going to go next and what are we going to do and what amenities we will not have. And like we lived together for almost four years and probably never fought. And there's probably a fight almost every day in the van um, but with that said, for me, that also was a high of building our relationship. Um, of like, I didn't know what being ready for marriage was until we lived in the van and I understood every inch of what our angers are, what got on our nerves and kind of like really knew every smell and sound and thought that went through each other's bodies <laughs> i'm dying i, I want to hear for britney too on her especially i, I almost want to say bougie britney but i think that, that is just that's i'm not, not like that anymore i, I know not i bougie. totally i totally get it and 
it does. This lifestyle changes you, doesn't it? Like in a way that you've never experienced. So, but I do appreciate the transparency. These are very small quarters. And again, I'm in 400 square feet and you guys are not in that. You're probably in, I don't know, 40 square feet, I guess I could assume. Um, so what's been a low for you? Yeah, I think Brittany? it's 70. Is it? All okay. the other. I mean, I just have to say, yeah, definitely living with another person is really difficult. Um, you can't really get away. We don't have any pets, like dogs or anything to like go for a walk just to like get away for a second. Um, I think also like, I mean, I love, we have a toilet in the van, um, but I don't know how much I can say on air, but like, you know, going number two isn't super enjoyable. So that's kind of a low. That's not super fun. Um, So finding a bathroom is just hard and showers too. It's just like, it's hard like as a female being kind of gross all the time. That's not really my favorite thing to feel. So, um, yeah, I would say that and definitely living with another person 24 seven. Do you guys have a rule? Do you have a like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to drop a deuce. You got to go outside. Or is it <laughs> like, just like, no, nope, it, it's over now. We've, we just, just go ahead. Do your thing. Um, sometimes I, I kick him out most of the time. That's awesome. It just depends. <laughs> yeah. It's usually, yeah. One of us is waiting outside or if there's an emergency, Brittany's yelling at me like, you better not look, you better close your eyes. I want headphones in and you <laughs> turn around. Open I, all the windows. I love how transparent you guys are being. Cause I mean, I think that's the whole point of it is to, you know, kind of talk about there are these different parts of this lifestyle and then having a rig that doesn't, that isn't fully contained. Sounds like you guys are partially contained, but to the point of like having a real bathroom within your rig as you guys are experiencing this lifestyle, do you guys ever see yourself like upgrading to the point where you're still kind of mobile like a van, but then where you do have a full bathroom or are you guys pretty happy with what you got? I mean, we're definitely happy with what we have. I think we could, if our family expands, we could definitely see ourselves upgrading. And um, I definitely couldn't imagine having a kid in something this small. And, but I mean, for, for the time being, we don't have kids in our super near future. So, plants and rocks, man. Plants and rocks, buddy. <laughs> slow down on the. You're talking to someone that's 50 with a 30 year old. So, yeah, slow down on that. Um, <laughs> l- let's talk about the high. Let's talk about the. I can't believe this is our life kind of moments that maybe you just weren't expecting. Take me on some of those. I feel like the highs are literally every single day. I mean, it's just amazing going and seeing places that you just don't see every day, like visiting, you can go to the mountains and just see all this wildlife, like in the middle of nowhere where there's no people around. And you can go down like a dirt road and just explore like a random river where there's just like nobody there. And it's just really peaceful and just constantly exploring. And I don't know, seeing things that you've just never seen before. Like it, it's addicting and it never, never gets old. That's very cool. How about you, Drew? Yeah, I mean, I'd say the same kind of thing. Like like you said, we love to say yes to anybody. And it's like, that's kind of the high for me of like, I mean, so in the end of February, our plan was to be snowboarding and we were snowboarding in the mountains for three weeks. And then someone invited us to Baja and we're like, yeah, it's cold. Let's just turn around and go to Baja. And it's just, we were able to do that. And like, 
having being able to just have the freedom to go wherever, whenever, and experience literally anything that we want, like on just being kind of on our own to do that and like not having anything stopping us really is just like the best experience and definitely gives me the, the most of the high. No, for sure. It's definitely a being free is a really weird feeling. Yeah. And, and it, it's weird that it takes getting into uh, like an RV or some sort of vehicle and traveling. And, and funny fact, that's one of the biggest reasons I referred to the magazine as rootless was I felt if I called it anything RV, full-time RV, I would lose people that live in vans. I'd lose schoolies. Um, I wouldn't be able to be where they would feel it's all inclusive. And so making up a term where everyone felt included was a big part of it because it's just, there's so many great ways to do this. And there are people that originally how you originally were doing it, just in a pickup with like maybe a pop-up tent, there are people living full-time doing that or on motorcycles. It's amazing. Like you don't need a lot to really get into this and you can always upgrade and you can always downgrade. I mean, that's, what's really cool about this lifestyle too. I want people to be able to help be able to find you guys. I'll link all this in below. So you don't have to try to write it down folks, but where can people find you guys on social channels? If they want to check out some of your videos, um, you know, let people know where they can find you. Um, well, on our Instagram, it's live for adventure instead of adventure. It's adventure. Um, and then we have a TikTok that we're, Kind of, we kind of do a couple things on there, um, but it's also live for adventure. Gotcha. I recently got hit up by, I think, a magazine in Spain, and at first when they they used the term adventure, I was like, man, different countries spell words different. You know, like you spell different. <laughs> and then it was like a moment. I was like, oh, it's a van. <laughs> yeah. I get it now. <laughs> I had that like little. Oh, I I see the arrow in the FedEx logo now. Like that kind of moment. All right. So very yeah. Cool. yeah, I'll link that all below. Hey, really, though, you guys, t- thanks for taking some time today and, uh, you know, coming on the show and sharing your story. And I think there's a lot here that will probably really inspire some people to, you know, to make that leap that they just thought maybe they couldn't. And you really can. Absolutely. We definitely encourage anybody that's thinking about it to just do it because it's, it's worth it. It's the best life and anyone can do it. Even if you're bougie. Even Even if you're bougie, bougie. it'll it'll change you. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks, you guys. Thank you so much. Well, another great episode. Big thank you to Drew and Brittany for coming on the show and sharing their story and reminding us it's never too early to get started. If you want more information about my guests or want to connect with them, you can click on the links in the show notes below and let them know you heard them on the Rootless Living podcast. Also, just a friendly reminder, if you're enjoying the Rootless Living podcast or the magazine, Make sure to let your friends and family know by sharing us on your favorite social media channel. It's a really big help in getting the word out. And if you use the hashtag Rootless Living, we'll share it as well. And like always, if you think you know someone that would make a good guest or that guest might even be you, that's right, you. I'm still talking to you. Your story matters. Send us an email at podcast at rootlessliving.com and let's see if we can help tell your story. Until next week, stay rootless.